Do you ever wonder how great leaders in the community make things happen? When they encounter new unexpected challenges like a pandemic, how do they continue to successfully make an impact? Welcome to That Sounds Terrific, the podcast that connects you with these amazing people. Get insights on what they do to meet their goals. Find out how you can help them in their mission and learn their methods so you can be more successful at what you do. Welcome to That Sounds Terrific with host Nick Koziel. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Today, joining me from True Body Intelligence is Christopher Maher. I'm really excited to have him on the show. He's a very awesome past in history, and he's doing some great things today. So welcome to the show, Christopher. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So let's just start really quickly. Um, I, I know um, I want to hear all about all the things that you do, but I also want to thank you for your service right first and foremost. Um I know that you were a Navy SEAL, and that is not easy at all. Um, and we don't thank people enough like yourself for all you've done to keep the world free, to keep our country free, and, and me be able to do this podcast, right? Oh, thank you. I mean, it's uh, I was a very young man then, so it was it was it was decades ago, <laughs> and yet you know when you're younger, you're ignorant, meaning that you don't know the cost of things, right? And mm -hmm. when you heap that much tension and stress into your body year after year after year and then that becomes your winning strategy for life then there comes a point where you have to pay the piper right mm -hmm. because you're you're going to end up with some symptomology that's going to get you to question uh those choices that you made when you were younger and start to reevaluate what it is you want to do with your life and how who you want to become and how you want to impact the world around you Right, right. And I know that through some experiences that I've had, um, you know, working with like professional athletes and working with people that have, you know, made it uh, a career to kind of utilize their youth and their strength. Uh, they don't always have that secondary plan. They don't always think about like what's next. And then, you know, when it when it is next, when that first career is sort of over, um, you know, there's a struggle. Um, so I know I I feel like that's part of like what what I'm with you, but I but I'm getting ahead of myself. So uh, why don't you tell us just a little bit about you know about you and about True Body Intelligence? Yeah, I mean True Body Intelligence uh, and myself are let's say True Body Intelligence is an extension of my journey, right? And it's all the things that I've been through, all the things that I've struggled with, and I've been able to take all of my failures and all of my losses and turn them into something really positive so that people who wake up and go, hey, uh, there's something wrong here, and I need something that's going to answer the call that's going to do what it says and says what it does, and it's simple to implement, then hopefully they find me. Mm -hmm. And... So true body intelligence is like my child in, in a certain way. And then I use that in order to create positive impact around the world. And how do you, how do you do that? What, can you tell us a little, a little bit more yeah. about what that means? What that means is um, every human, every, every listener on the call today has tension in their body. But that tension in their body is the result of unresolved stress. And stress could be it could be financial stress, right? It could be generational stress, could be familial stress, could be uh, 
chemical stress, depending on where you live in the world. Uh, it could be um, professional stress. And so these stressors, as they go unresolved, they generate massive amounts of tension in the body. And then the tension starts to create small amounts of distortion at a structural level, at a physiological level, at a sense organ level, and you start to lose function. And what I mean, you start to lose eyesight, you start to lose hearing, you start to lose sleep, and your body starts to get more stiff, it starts to get more heavy, it starts to get more restricted. And at one point, you end up with some symptom that you can't resolve with going to a or going to Whole Foods or some natural food store and taking some supplements or going to see mm -hmm. your naturopath because the depth of the stress is so deep that the systems that you're using, they lack the positional leverage that you need in order to create resolution. And so then what people do is they lean on what I call either negative stress management tools, which will be nicotine, caffeine, alcohol, mm -hmm. pharmaceutical drugs, recreational drugs, food colorings, preservatives, anything that they can get a hold of to numb themselves out, right? Because they don't mm -hmm. really want to feel the level of disconnection that they have from their body or from their life or from their, their professional career. Right. And you and I both know tons of people who go to work every day and they're they're punching a time card, right? They're doing something that they're really not so passionate about. Mm -hmm. And there's a cost for all those kinds of things. Well, as you start to add that up over time, you know, you start to get into your 30s or your 40s or your 50s and your 60s. And eventually you wake up and you realize you need help. Mm -hmm. Right. And so when people come to see me, I have to educate them. It's the first thing, right? Most people have no idea where their pancreas is. Like, oh, can you show where your pancreas is? They're like, my pancreas. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, you know, they know where their heart is, right? Mm -hmm. um, but they're missing these other bits of information and knowledge that they should have. And mm -hmm. so first they're going to get the education. And once I give them the education, I have to start teaching them how to remove this tension and the stress and this distortion out of their body, their brain, and their nervous system. And as that happens, uh, they start to feel more free. They start to feel more present. They start mm -hmm. to feel, they start to sleep better. Uh, they start to move better. And what could be more important in my mind than having a quiet mind, abundant amounts of energy, grounded emotions, and a fearless spirit. Mm -hmm. And then guess what happens? Now you start taking risk again. And as you start to take risk, your life starts to open up and you start to feel joy and happiness and presence and you start to slip out of depression. So whenever you look at anybody in the world who's depressed or disconnected or feeling hopeless, look no further than what's going on in their body. And I guarantee you they have a massive amount of unresolved tension, stress and distortion. And everybody it's coming from different places, but it produces the same exact result, which is it disconnects people from their life. It makes them feel the opposite to happy. They feel unhappy. Instead of feeling joyful, they feel angry. Instead of feeling excited, they feel anxious. Instead of feeling confident, they feel fearful. Instead of feeling dutiful, they feel self-righteous. 
And so how do we shift someone out of those low functioning states of expression into high functioning states of manifestation? And so I've created systems that allow that to happen instantaneously and pretty much permanently. Sounds very, very cool. So is this like a kind of like a mind, body and soul kind of thing or more uh, focused on the mind? I mean, the mind is one aspect because it lives inside the body. But mm -hmm. My background and study and research has been into the impacts of traditional Chinese medicine and Chinese medicine. They came up with this idea of called tendomuscular channels. And with these channels uh, of tissue that move through your body, as you open those tissues up, it starts to pull out stress and tension out of your sense organs, your systemic organs, and all your structural tissues. And then all of sort of uh, reduces the stress on your vascular system and your nervous system. Mm -hmm. And anytime that you impact the body, you're impacting the emotions. Anytime you impact the emotions, you're impacting the spirit. Anytime mm -hmm. you impact the spirit, you're impacting the mind, right? So what I would say is this is a, I produce systems to produce a more complete whole when mm -hmm. we look at a human being like let's get you physically intelligent and as we get you more physically intelligent you automatically become more emotionally intelligent and as you increase your emotional intelligence you become more spiritually intelligent when i say spiritually intelligent i mean ethical moral mm -hmm. highly principled and integrous as we increase your spiritual intelligence we're able to increase your analytical intelligence and so the work is called true body intelligence for the purpose of creating highly intelligent human beings so that they can go into the world and do really good things. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like what the show is all about is trying to help people go out into the world and do really good things. So, um, you know, whether it's, you know, volunteering, whether it's creating your own nonprofit or, or something like this. So how, how would, um, I mean, I guess, where would you start, right? Where would you start with a person coming in and needing this kind of help? This, well, first I start with almost a two to two and a half hour to three hour investigation, right? Because mm -hmm. when people show up, they have an idea of what got them in the door, which is what I call the hook, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the hook got them in the door. The hook isn't, isn't what will keep them in the door. We have to figure out why they have that symptom in the first place. And so the challenge with allopathic medicine, meaning Western medicine versus mm -hmm. traditional medicine, and the challenge is that today, traditional medicine is delivered in exact same fashion as allopathic medicine. So you might as well consider holistic medicine mm -hmm. allopathic, right? So instead of pills, you got herbs, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of physical therapy, you got massage. So they're still now, but they're doing things in the same exact way. And when I go in, I have to do a deep investigation into where is this really coming from? And mm -hmm. usually it leads back to mom and dad. Mm -hmm. 99.99999% of the time, <laughs> or it leads back to some form of individual trauma that they experienced that, you know, maybe someone was in a car accident and they got thrown through the windshield mm -hmm. or um, some kid was, uh, their hands were put on a gas stove mm -hmm. or, or uh, they got, they got in some kind of accident or some kind of emotional trauma right? Their mom dies when they're six years old mm -hmm. or their dad abandons them. He goes out for cigarettes and never comes home. And so these traumas, these stressors, 
these distortions, they sit in the body like a, like a, uh, a ticking time bomb. And they're only waiting for the right moment to explode. And then they're going to create a lot of intense symptomology. And mm -hmm. so an example of that would be uh, massive, intense headaches, deep levels of insomnia, uh, tooth issues, vision issues, hearing issues, heart attacks, strokes, cancer. It's coming for you. For, for all listeners, listen, it's coming for you if you refuse to take a half step back and assess what's my true level of stress. And then take action to find someone who will help you start to resolve those things. And, you know, I hate to be the sobering pill. And then I love <laughs> to be the sobering pill because I I was living in fantasy, right? Meaning I went into SEAL training, got into the SEAL teams. And the fantasy was that I could use my body in this way and there would be no cost. Mm -hmm. And there was a cost, right? By... 29, I was losing my my vision. No, by 31, I was losing my vision. By 29, I was losing my hearing. By 33, I needed a full-blown hip replacement. I was a mess. And that was because I lived in fantasy, meaning that I didn't have the information. Of course, no one else had the information either mm -hmm. because we never really looked at things that way. If you were 50 years old and you had pain in your body at that time, you said, well, you know, this is just part of getting old. Mm-hmm. And I tell the 50-year-old, like, hey, you got pain in your body. He's like, okay, I got to find someone who's going to help me resolve it. Well, in 1996, people didn't think like that. Right. right? Because there, there were the, the traditional forms of medicine, meaning holistic care that was out there. They were still in like what you call the woo-woo category until they started to get funded to be able to do research to show that, hey, this creates profound repeatable verifiable results and then mm -hmm. the western world started to open up its mind to like oh there's these other ideas out there that we could utilize and they started to lean on it on eastern principles yeah and eastern philosophy and eastern styles of medicine yeah and we were we were talking a little bit about you know professional sports i brought it up but like also military like they're you know you're constantly being pushed to go through the pain you know, yep. see past the pain, go through it, you know, don't, don't worry about it, ignore it kind of a thing. So you're also having that part of it beaten into your psyche, you know? Yep. Um, so that's gotta be part of the challenge too, you know, on top sure. of not really knowing any better, you're also being told, don't worry about it. And then it, until it's like a really big thing, kind of sounds like that's what you got to, you got to the point where, you know, you, you need hip replacement, I think you just said, and, um, yeah. and, and a variety of other things. So, how do how would my listeners know like it, it's time to seek you out or to figure this out or how would they assess you you said earlier um you know that they need this kind of training it sounds like everybody needs yeah. To be honest. <laughs> yeah well i mean it would be for everybody there's there's no human on the planet that wouldn't benefit dramatically but most of the people who find me happen to be entrepreneurs why cuz entrepreneurs are risk takers mm -hmm. right entrepreneurs always want to get better at everything that they do because they have that drive in them okay and sure. um my reflection back to the listeners would be if you have a symptom and every month and every year your symptom gets a little bit worse goes a little bit deeper in your body gets a little bit more dramatic 
that's your moment. The first moment you realize that that symptom is getting worse, you need to find somebody like me who will help you start to resolve and pull out the tension and stress that's actually creating that symptom. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. That definitely makes some sense. So, you know, and I also was thinking about for myself. So like I have, um, have back pain, right? And mm -hmm. It, it it I can't it's even to the point where I can't even figure out exactly where it's coming from right because mm -hmm. the back is like interconnected like yep. so and I didn't even think about the amount of stress that I probably have put on myself that has contributed to that um for sure uh you know I'm just thinking about the the physical injury right that I that I had that that helped <laughs> start that pain but it's an interesting you know concept that I didn't even really think about um you know stress contributing to that and it, but it makes a lot of sense yeah so. well look think of it like this there's a basic algorithm right and what that means is when children are born um they're going to explore their environment and mm -hmm. if they are under parental care that is spacious the child is able to explore that environment without shock or pain um and when that first bit of shock comes in that alters them the child is going to figure out how to avoid the punishment, the rejection, the humiliation, the discomfort, and the violence. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to become their winning strategy for life. And they're going to apply that from that moment forward all the time. And as they're applying that strategy, they're going to get to a point where they have the realization that they need help. Right. They applied the strategy, but now that strategy isn't producing the result that they really want. And so there must be something in the way. And the thing that's in the way is the limiting belief that the child made up in order to produce that strategy in the first place. And so children from womb until seven are, are strictly in a precognitive state of function. So in that state, they're making up things about reality that are false. And then as an adult, they're hired and required to keep those belief systems moving forward. Where every time that you uh, participate or project the living belief into the atmosphere around you, what's going to happen? It's mm -hmm. going to produce a result. And if it's false, what it's going to produce inside of you is pain. And just a tiny little bit. Mm -hmm. And then the next month, oh, a little bit more. And the next month, a little bit more. And then that that's going to pile up over time. And so it's really the limiting beliefs that we made up when our minds were in an irrational state of function and that precognitive state of development that causes humans to then experience pain in their bodies as adults. Mm -hmm. So now I'm moving through the world. I am applying my winning strategy to avoid punishment, rejection, humiliation, discomfort, violence, and death. And that's causing my body to produce stress because now I have this curated image of how things are supposed to be. I have this vested interest. And in that vested interest, I'm going to continue to create more stress as long as my vested interest is false. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm stressed, it takes a massive amount of stress to create a little bit of, of tension. It takes a massive amount of tension to create a little bit of distortion. So imagine your back, right? 
Mm. there's a level of distortion there that's going on structurally. So if we reverse engineer that, we know that there's a massive amount of tension in order to create that little bit of distortion that's generating that consistent level of excessive amounts of sensation. Let's go back one step further. In order to get that tension that you have in your body, we have to have a massive amount of individual and unresolved generational stress, which was passed down to you. Mm -hmm. It's very, very interesting. Like, how did you get to this point? You know, um, I mean, I would assume like you, you did some, you know, <laughs> you went to the doctor, you couldn't find relief there, but like, what's the story? How did you get to this part of, you know, the realization, right? Um, that you needed to to learn like traditional Chinese medical practices in order to to help yourself. Yeah, I was I was chumming along doing what you um, alluded to earlier, which was I was taking on that military mindset of like, if you don't mind, the pain doesn't matter, keep going. Mm -hmm. And I tried or attempted to continue to apply the same strategy as a civilian. Right in the real world. Now that strategy applies in the military, it's fine. But when you leave the military and you're assimilating back into regular culture, those strategies are very limiting strategies. And mm -hmm. so I ended up with a lot of pain in my body as an athlete because I was training for what I had a tough time, which I thought I was capable of, which was getting to Olympic trials. Mm -hmm. And that didn't happen partly because I had so much pain in my body that I had to continue to keep resting again and again and again, because I was getting these tiny little injuries that mm -hmm. were always shutting me down. Yeah. And it's the pain that woke me up. I never woke up in the morning thinking like, oh, I want to go out and resolve this. I want to study Chinese medicine. That <laughs> looks good. I want to get into learning about the body. No, I was using my body like it was a skateboard. Like it was transportation to get me from one place to the next. And I had no idea that we were given the Starship Enterprise and yet I was using it like it was a skateboard. Mm -hmm. no, that's a good point. You know, I, I, you just, I'm by no means uh, an Olympic athlete or even close to even trying to go to Olympic trials ever in my life. But I did like to jog and run, right? And I twisted my ankle. And I kept prematurely trying to come back to that. I it, it would heal and I'd be feeling okay. And then I would try to run again and hurt it again. Um, you know, I did not listen to my body telling me that there's something else going on there. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so how can I be better at that? How can, how can one, you know, uh, identify uh, ways to, to start listening a little bit better to, yeah. to the environment yeah, around them? Yeah, this is easy. First, you have to have some basic education, right? Like every joint in your body is associated with a different organ system and the ankles are associated with the liver and the gallbladder. Mm -hmm. And when you look at where the channels of energy run through to get to the ankle, the liver and the gallbladder, you realize it goes through the middle of the abductors and the middle of the adductors. So if my abductors and adductors are out of balance, meaning the left inside of my leg is short and tight and the outside of my opposite leg is short and tight. That's going to create a twist in my pelvis. Mm -hmm. And then when I go and run, it's going to make it very easy for me to roll my ankle. 
And so the ankle rolling is only a symptom. Mm -hmm. You have to backtrack and go up the body and realize this. Anyone can get out a, um, they can get on the internet and look for a meridian map on traditional Chinese medicine and look where they continue to feel pain mm -hmm. and look where they continue to have injury and twist and turns. And they can go, oh, I get it. So this goes right through the center of this muscle. Okay, well, let me do this. Let me take out tension out of that muscle and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. And guess what happens? You stop rolling your ankle. Yeah, that because, I would never have thought <laughs> to even go through and think of those things, how those are connected. That's yeah. that's very interesting. Um, I definitely need more <laughs> more knowledge in those areas to kind of figure that out. Especially if it, to me that feels like it would almost be like completely left field, right? Yeah, like it's outside of the box thinking. But if you think about it, it's very simplistic, right? Mm -hmm. For instance, you have a joint. And that joint has a direct line of where muscles are directing uh, energy towards, okay? Mm -hmm. A lot of times you see uh, less on men and much more on women. You see bunions, right? Mm -hmm. And you look at the left big toe, and her big toe is pushed all the way to the outside now, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, what's that telling you? It's telling you that there's too much weight coming down on that big toe mm -hmm. and so what they're going to do is they're going to go in and they're going to meet with a foot doctor and he's going to do a little bit of shaving and maybe an operation and pull everything back and put some pins and needles in there and mm -hmm. crank everything around but guess what they never solved the problem they're only dealing with the symptom mm -hmm. but if you followed uh that energy from her big toe up her body where where the meridian goes the energetic channel you followed up you'd see that that goes right through the middle of the medial hamstring mm -hmm. and if all you did was take tension out of the medial hamstring it would stop the um intense dramatic twist of the big toe moving inside the foot mm -hmm. i mean moving towards the outside of the foot versus versus the inside yeah it's very simple yeah right because the thing about the body is that the body always tells the truth. Mm -hmm. And if you have a little bit of education and you know what you're listening to and you have the tools in the right mindset, you can solve most of those issues in the privacy of your own home in 10 or 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, the way you explained it that way, it makes a lot of sense. Like, you know, when you think about it, they are just treating like the symptoms, but not really not all the time getting at the the root of the issue yeah but there's other things that are connected and and that's a really good explanation of um you know what you're trying to do here to kind of solve the problem at its root rather than you that's know right. yeah that makes a lot of sense to me now so i appreciate that explanation um so when people want to get in touch with you when people want to connect and kind of learn more how do how do they go about that I think the best way for them to get an education is, look, you go to Amazon or you go to my website, truebodyintelligence.com, and you order my book called Free for Life, and I give mm -hmm. you a very profound education in there. So then at least you have the information. And why mm -hmm. I say that is without the information, it's impossible to take heartfelt action to your own benefit because you don't know what you're doing. Right. And then go to the website, peruse around, see what's interesting for you, and then getting 
in contact with me, right? At support mm -hmm. at truebodyintelligence.com. And somebody will respond to your email and we'll get you some information for free mm -hmm. that will get you started on the road to at least some basic understanding and teaching you a few things where you can take action to your own benefit. Mm -hmm. That makes awesome sense. And that I recommend listeners do that. I will definitely put all that information in the show notes as well. So they know how, where to go and get your book. And how did, uh, you know, let, speaking of your book, like how did that come about? What was, what led you to kind of put it all down in paper? I had, uh, you know, before there was the movie, The Bucket List, mm -hmm. I started creating my bucket list when I was 17 of the things that I knew that I wanted to do and that I felt like intuitively were part of, going to be part of my life process. And writing a book was one of them. Mm -hmm. And so and there came the moment and it's kind of like um, other people have a plan. I just have a bunch of goals that I have thrown up on the wall. Mm -hmm. And then there's a moment where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to focus on that one now. And, yeah. you know, it. I woke up in the morning. It was like, okay, it's it's time. And I put the time, the energy and effort in. And I got some good support and mm -hmm. produced something that every single person that talked to me that has read the book goes, it's the easiest read. And mm -hmm. I resonated with every single thing. And I'm on the phone with you because I trust you. Mm -hmm. I said, cool. Well, I think it's terrific that you decided to, you know, write a book that also has helping others, right? So that, I don't know yeah. if that was in the plan, in the goal, but like, I think that that's also a great way to kind of, you know, stay connected and, you know, help others. Um, I think that that's super important. So what else is on that? What's next on that big bucket list? <laughs> What's next on a big bucket list is the release of my album. Okay. You know, um, and it'll go into its mastering stage within like the next two months and that'll be mastered and I'll, and I'll release that into the world. Huh? Awesome. So, so it's a you... really profound, like a, a, a mix of a lot of different genres. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a piano player and a guitar player, electric and acoustic, and I'm a songwriter. So I wrote some songs and decided it woke up one day it was like, oh, it's 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 time to go to the studio. And I got together with a good producer and an amazing studio engineer and started to piece together something that I think is really profound and impactful. Very cool. So you're a man of many talents. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm creative by nature. So like my mind is always looking around for the next thing that's uh, looking for attention and affection and nurturing. And, and, you know, once I have my mind on something, I execute and mm -hmm. I move things to completion. So I might start talking about something 20 years earlier, but there is going to come a point where I actually take that action and make that thing happen. Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have the mindset of an entrepreneur. You mentioned it earlier that you work with a lot of entrepreneurs. I know you've done some entrepreneuring and you're yeah. kind of doing it now. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's a great way uh, to, you know, to kind of approach the world is to really think about all the possibilities. And and I love the the goals that are just kind of up there and you're going to do them. They're going to, there's going to be a point and you're going to decide this is the time. This um, is the moment. Yeah, this is the moment. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with is bringing that, um, 
you know, getting to the actual goal of completing it. Sometimes they lose. The yeah, they lose the interest or, you know, they, they did it and now they want to do something else. So do you have any advice for other people that are, you know, yeah. similar mindset in that regard? Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, I went to boarding school in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and uh, I befriended uh, a really amazing human named Gordon Reed, which mm -hmm. we nicknamed Munchie. And um, he said to me one day, I'd gone back to see him after I got out of the SEAL teams. I was, I was in Hershey back to hang out with some old classmates. And he said this thing to me, it's always stuck with me. He goes, you know, Maher, I'm a hell of a starter. I'm a lousy finisher. Always finish what you start. Mm -hmm. And that has stayed in my mind. So um, the thing about completion is you never know what's in store for you in terms of life. Mm -hmm. And once you get something started, chip away at it, right? If if some people want to be a doctor, if you're going to get a PhD, sometimes it takes you 25 years. Mm -hmm. Some people, it takes them seven, right? There's no rush, right? Life is long. Continue to use these as opportunities to learn. Mm -hmm. And when there's a little bit of space, move the needle forward a little bit. And then move the needle forward a little bit. I watched this thing on on YouTube this morning. I woke up really early. And this guy was breaking it down to the people that are really successful in the world at what they do. They spend 100 hours at getting better every year. What that comes down to is 18 minutes a day. Mm -hmm. 18 minutes a day of focus. And you're going to move whatever it is to completion. But if you feel like you've got a fixed sense of time, then what happens is the guilt and the shame of not getting things done and this idealistic view of how reality should work in terms of timing, that's what keeps people from completing on things. And I'd say, look, open it up and realize that there's a divine sense of time and that the things that you complete may take longer than you imagined and make that assumption from the very beginning. It's sort of like whenever someone's going to build a house and the contractor's telling them, well, it's going to take us $670,000 to build a house. People always give them advice. It's always going to take a third more, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so when it comes to completing things and you have big goals and big dreams, it may take a lot longer. Think about how many actors that we see that are like B-level actors, and it takes them, what, 30 years to get nominated mm -hmm. for some award? You just, you, you keep moving forward a little bit every day, and that's it. And be happy with what you produce that day, because when you do things from happiness and joy, you have more inspiration the next day. But when you're doing things from obligation and shame and guilt, you actually reduce your energy. And so go at a pace that's good for you. Write them, keep them on your refrigerator, look at them a little bit every day, and then do an honest self-assessment. Mm -hmm. Am I avoiding being extraordinary? And why am I doing that? And if you can be honest with yourself and realize the reason why you're avoiding this thing is because you're avoiding being extraordinary, 
and that guess what? No one in your family ever got a college education. It's a big deal to complete and get a college education. Like if it takes you 15 years, who cares? Right. You're going to be the first, like realize and have realistic expectations. Know where you come from, take a little step every day and be happy with what's in front of you because inspiration is really the key. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great advice for sure, Christopher. I I, I love it. Um, I'm going to ask like, one of the the stumper questions that I uh, that I usually ask about um, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to talk about? And while you're thinking about that, um, I'm going to ask a couple other little quick things to maybe get to know you a little bit better. Um, some other kind of those fun questions like um, uh, if you could have dinner with with three people, alive or dead, who would they be and why? Um, Jalen Hurts is at the top of my list he is my favorite athlete i love Mm -hmm. his attitude i love his commitment to work i love his style of leadership um i love his grit Mm -hmm. so i would love to just sit with him and hang out and be in his vibe uh another person would be uh jesus i i I would love to sit down with him Mm -hmm. and you know just catch up, hang out, <laughs> awesome. get, get some advice. Um, and then I think probably Ray Charles. Oh, cool. You know, yeah. and I think the reason for me of why Ray Charles is because what he was able to accomplish as a blind musician mm-hmm. and what it must have been in like just his whole story of journeying through the south right yeah. playing in these backstreet bars and the racism and and how he woke up every day and everything that he worked through the his challenges with addiction and relationships and mm-hmm. i just think he would be such a rich person to sit next to and have a conversation with i just think by sitting with him you would become more intelligent yeah i'd like to hear that story that that's awesome just knowing you know the challenges that you know what i would say like an everyday kind of musician would have to go through to to be successful then throw on some of these other challenges that he had to go through right yeah being blind being blind and being extraordinary and being black at the time right and then you know like whoa his his journey for me is just you know phenomenal yeah yeah so and then if you could be um it's kind of a similar question but if you could be at any point in history just to kind of witness a, an event in history what would that be some of these are more stumpers than the stumper question <laughs> um i would be at i would love like to be at the 1968 Olympic Games in Mexico City when um when they raised their hands with the black glove. Mm-hmm. I would love to be sitting in that crowd and be in that moment and feel mm-hmm. the energy of what all that represented because that took an intense amount of courage, mm-hmm. right? With everything that was going on, Megar Evers was assassinated. Malcolm X was recently assassinated. Bobby Kennedy uh, was yeah. just recently killed, right? June 5th. 
Yeah. Um, and and um, Martin Luther King and those guys were still able to go to the Summer Olympics and raise their fist and go, hey, mm-hmm. look, we want you to understand we're more than athletes and we want you to pay attention to something that's going on in the world and mm-hmm. just witness the bravery of that moment. Yeah, that would be really awesome to witness. That would be because, you know, there's certain things you see, you get chills. Mm-hmm. I just think the chills of seeing that because I'm yeah. someone who's loved track and field, right? Competition, sport, running, speed, all, all of that. And to be in that moment would be profound. Yeah. No, I, I can't agree more. That Those are all awesome people to kind of meet with. And that's an awesome time in history too. So circling back to that, that original question, is there anything else you want to share with our audience that we haven't talked about today? Um. Yeah. You know, look, life is short. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you got to take care of yourself. Right. And what you get out of life, what you put into life is what you're going to get out of it is what they teach you. The same is also true for your body. What you put into your body is what you'll get out of it. Mm -hmm. And to really start to build a powerful relationship with your body, realize that it needs cleaning on a semi-regular basis, which means some fasting, Um, that it needs, you know, a decent amount of sleep. It needs a nap here and there, right? It needs to see things, see things that are beautiful right? Mm-hmm. It it wants to take some risk. It wants to move, like really start to build that, that positive relationship and feed it good food. And what that means to me is make the best of a bad decision. So if, if, if you're at a restaurant and the food on the menu isn't great, pick the best healthiest item on a menu and be satisfied with it don't get fixated on everything needs to be perfect pray mm-hmm. over your food and um love people like i one of the things that i love about myself is i'm always in awe of other humans like i could cry in 0.2 seconds if i'm moved by someone's performance or uh, someone's generosity, right? I love to be moved emotionally. Mm-hmm. And every time that you give value and appreciation and recognition to these people that are constantly, everyone everywhere doing these extraordinary things, your life gets better. Mm-hmm. See the beauty, witness the difficulty, but put more of your focus on what's beautiful and amazing. And we as a global family will experience more of what's amazing. Yeah. Well, that sounds terrific, Christopher. I I totally agree with you. And we need to be open to those things a little bit more. We need to allow those things to come in and to allow ourselves to be moved. And so I I urge my listeners to connect with Christopher and True Body Intelligence. I really want to thank you for being on the show today um, and for sharing. And um, I look forward to staying in touch with you. Oh, thank you, man. It's great to be in your presence. You're a great host. Right. The fluidity, the spaciousness that you have, the intuitiveness, um, intuitive nature of your questions. It's your very good guide. Okay, I've done a lot of podcasts. I've been on Mm -hmm. a lot of people's shows and you're you're up at the top. 
Well, thank you very much. That that means a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us in another episode of That Sounds Terrific. Don't forget to check out the show notes and our website at thatsoundsterrific.com to find the contact information and the best ways to volunteer with the organizations that we feature. If you know someone that is doing terrific things and think they should be featured in a future episode, be sure to email us their name, contact info, and short description of what they're doing at thatsoundsterrific at gmail.com. If you like our show, give us a five-star rating and give us some social media love by liking our Facebook page, That Sounds Terrific. Follow us on Twitter at Sounds Terrific 2 and Instagram at Sounds Terrific. We love hearing your feedback on how to make our show sound even more terrific. Till next time.